This episode may contain content that is triggering to some audience members. Listener discretion is advised. This is an MVP podcast, My Village Productions. Welcome to Unsolved America, a show where we explore unsolved mysteries throughout the United States. I'm your host, Tiffany. And I'm your host, Andy, and each week we'll throw a dart at the map and wherever it lands is the location of our mystery. This week, I landed on North Carolina. All right, so I have two stories for you today because they're both on the shorter side. That's okay. But I thought they were very interesting. Okay. So this first story starts with Sue Ellen Evans had just started at University of North Carolina in the summer of 1965. Mm-hmm. She was a 21-year-old transfer student who was trying to get in some extra classes before the start of the regular school year. In 1965, the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill is the full name. Oh, that's a really good school. Yeah, they um, only had 12,419 students. Yeah, but it's actually called UNC. Yeah. And they're really, they have a really good basketball team. Hmm. Good to know. I don't know why I know that. Just giving you some backstory on the college. Um, There was also not very many women at the school. Female students made up less than a quarter of the student body. Obviously. Uh, And this was 1965. Yeah. It was the time when women, you know, didn't go to school as often. Yeah. So on Friday, July 30th, Sue Ellen got out of class just before noon. She decided to stop at the old well to talk with a friend and then went uh, by the alumni hall to look for a professor. Okay. She then started to head back to her room in Cobb dorm. Suan was heading home for the weekend and needed to pack her bags and get ready for the trip. Mm -hmm. In the interest of time, Suan decided to take a shortcut back to her dorm. The shortcut took her by the Coker (laughs) Arboretum. Yep. That's how you say the word. Arboretum? Yeah. Okay. Uh, it was near the exit at Rally Street when a man grabbed her from behind and pulled her into some bushes. Sue Ellen screamed and fought back, drawing the attention of a student and a nun who were nearby, and they ran to help. Good. One of them saw a man's arm around Evan's leg just before he ran away. When one of the women asked if she was hurt, Evan said no, but said the man had tried to sexually assault her. Standing up, she says, I think I'm going to faint. Mm. And it was at that moment that she collapsed. She died shortly after. From what? I mean. It was discovered that her throat had been cut and she had been stabbed in the heart. Her throat was cut and she still stood up and. Mm-hmm. Well, I imagine the the two women that were there to help her probably helped her up to yeah, stand up on her feet. I guess so. But then also, wouldn't you see the blood? Right. That's what I'm saying. Unless maybe she's wearing black. But no, if, I mean, if it's her throat. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. And maybe it was like a burst of adrenaline. True. That is true, too. She was the first female uh, UNC student to be killed on campus since women were admitted in 1897. That sucks. Yeah. With help from the State Bureau of Investigation, police had picked up five potential suspects by nightfall, then released them all after questioning. As recently as 1987, according to a story in the News and Observer at the time, Police administered a polygraph test to one of the original prime suspects, uh, which he passed. Okay. Another man 
who was a suspect, had already died. A suspect of interest, a person of interest, I mm-hmm. should say. He had already died. Well, I mean, how are you going to even like find these people when all you saw was his arm? Well, and that right, that's just it. And I think they had to. I'm hoping the people that helped her maybe got like a look of like at least like build or like yeah if he was like a stocky person or like slimmer or like what after the killing about 200 male students helped police do a grid search of the boreatum for the four to six inch knife thought to have been used okay it was never found and over time police said that they interviewed more than 100 possible suspects that's crazy so my thing is what if the person who did it who killed her was in the search party of course when you have 200 people right all male students not a single female student that's so weird which female students were scarce yeah they were only 25 percent of the population yeah so unfortunately there have been no useful leads in this case um in decades like nobody has heard anything or come forward or said anything and that is why it's still considered a cold it's a cold case in north carolina oh man really interesting to me that this one happened in broad daylight it was on the campus of a school right um thankfully there was a faculty member and a nun that was nearby that was able to assist and and scare him away but it wasn't quick enough yeah yeah I mean, in broad daylight to slit someone's throat and... Because, like, think, like, she went, she got out of class at noon. She went to go just have a quick conversation with somebody. Mm -hmm. And then she went to the alumni hall to find a professor. And then she went back, she was headed back to her dorm. Like, it couldn't have been later than, like, two, three o'clock. Right. At the most. Yeah. That's, That's ballsy of whoever the murderer was to be... Well, then it almost it, you almost like wonder too, like were they had they been like following her for a while and they knew her routine. habit, yeah, her routine. I mean, that's definitely feasible because if there was only a nun and a professor in that area, mm-hmm. it was probably a very secluded area, mm-hmm. and he knew that she walked that. Yeah, or it could. I mean, I guess on the other spectrum, it could have just been like a crime of opportunity and it was, she was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. We'll never know. We'll never Sadly. know. Sadly. So that was the story of Sue Ellen Evans. Uh, if you know anything, they ask you to contact the Chapel Hill Carborough UNC crime stoppers at 919-942-7515. Hmm. All right. So my second one, your second story told you it was gonna be short this week (laughs) just like me (laughs) so in 1965 19 year old brenda joyce holland went to manteo to spend her summer working as a makeup artist on the set of the lost colony what year is this 1965 oh i feel like that's familiar the lost colony sounds familiar right but that's also what they call Roanoke. Oh. Which I was going to do like a whole episode on Roanoke, but I feel like so many people have talked about Roanoke. Yeah. But that shit is fascinating. To it me. is very fascinating. Croatoan. It was carved on the tree. It was. Anyway. On July 1st, Brenda went on a date with Danny Barber, who was a chorus singer from the show. 
Ooh. Ooh. Someone who can serenade. Right. Also questionable. Um, <laughs> immediately, uh, immediate, immediate worry occurred when she did not show up to work on July 2nd. Okay. Yeah, of course. Volunteers searched for days and her body was eventually found in the Albemarle Sound on July 6th. And it was determined that the cause of death was strangulation. I mean, did this chorus boy strangle our poor girl? The chorus boy strangler. That should have been his name. So the police immediately turned to the person they last knew Brenda to be with, and that was Danny Barber. Mm Mm-hmm. Barber initially stated that he had driven Brenda home on July 1st, but later said that he fell asleep after they got to his house and that she must have left sometime after 2 a.m. and walked home from uh, to her place. Stories are changing. Uh, so weird and like vastly different. That is. I mean, you can't remember if you fell asleep or took her home. Right. You can't get that part of your story straight. Right. Wild. No. I was like, that. those are two completely different plot points, sir. Yeah. I drove her home. Oh, no, she walked home because I fell asleep. And then how did you know that she walked home around 2 a.m.? Right. I mean, did you rustle up and... I mean, unless they were, like, doing the freaky, and he didn't want to say they were doing the freaky. But if you're being investigated by the police, I would tell Give them... Give up all the information. I would tell them every... Penetration <laughs> occurred. I would tell them every detail. I don't know why you would say it like that. <laughs> Penetration. That's like all you say. But I mean, to unholy. <laughs> it's the 60s. I don't know. Forgive me, Lord. <laughs> right. Well, it's a small town, right? Right. So maybe he was just trying to like protect his like reputation. Thank you. That's the word I was looking for. Mm-hmm. So. It was reported around the same time that Dr. Linus Edwards, a dentist in the area, had a very large dispute with his wife. This is something that witnesses claim to happen quite frequently because he was a heavy drinker and he was a mean drunk. Ah, of course, a dentist. He hates his life. (laughs) Wow. You attacked dentists just as a whole. You know. Dentists are actually the most depressed doctor. Veterinarians. You think so? Yeah. There's a lot of, of suicides in the veterinary world, unfortunately. But people want to go see the vets to fix their dog. No one ever wants to go to the dentist. Like, they are the most hated. They are the scum of the earth. <laughs> of the of the doctor world. Not the earth. <laughs> of the doctor world. <laughs> um. His wife had actually fled the house into the darkness because her husband had claimed that he was going to murder her. Once she fled the house, he got into his car and began to search for his wife. Uh Investigators have theorized that Edwards spotted Brenda walking on the side of the road and mistook her for his wife. He attacked her from behind and he did not realize the mistake until it was too late. Now, this is just a theory that the police have. But out of where? That's my thing. Like... So he lived in close proximity to um, our chorus boy. Technically, I think to walk back to her place, it would have been like in the right direction of 
Like it would have been like a feasible route that she would have taken to walk home. But did they get any reports that this dude was drunk or whatever? Are they just making up this story? Like, so witnesses did report that dispute that night. Okay. okay. Um, I do not know if they reported like seeing the wife leaving the house or mm-hmm. anything like that, or if that was maybe the wife's recollection of the events. Yeah. Because years later, Edwards and his wife got divorced. And his wife claims that he confessed to her that he had murdered Brenda. Okay. Unfortunately, by the time this information was known, Edward had shot himself at his home in 1971. Police said that when they reported to the scene, they did not find a note of any kind. I mean, yeah, after that many years, I feel like... About six years after the death of of Brenda... He commits suicide. His wife claims that he did it. But we don't know. I mean, what if she did it? it and she's blaming the husband and now he's dead? Right. You know, I mean, I'm just like throwing a theory out there, which is probably not yeah. factual, but it's like. No, 100%. It's all speculation. We don't have any evidence or any proof. I mean, they were never able to question the guy because he did commit suicide. Mm-hmm. Um. Arrows are pointing to Mr. to Dr. Linus Edwards. But yeah. With lack of evidence, it is still considered a cold case. So detectives were able or sorry, an investigative writer was able to gain access to the cold case files and they were able to the, what they wanted to know was was there enough DNA evidence mm-hmm. that survived? that they would be able to run that evidence to see if they could close this case. Was there? Unfortunately, there was not. Of course. So when they obtained all of the, all of the items pertaining to this case, there was not enough. Um, the, the DNA just had lost its integrity essentially at that point, And they weren't able to test. I mean, after what, 20 some years. Absolutely. So, well, you think of that, you think, Probably in the 60s, they weren't preserving it correctly. Right. 100%. I mean, it might have had like a bloody blouse or something, and they just put it in a bag. Right. And that's going to de- know. Right. And that it's going to deteriorate over time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if you know anything about this, contact the North Carolina State Bureau Inves- Investigations Cold Case Unit. Mm. They're the ones that are continuing to investigate this, even though no recent revelations have come out um for quite some time and honestly bless all the cold case squads across the u.s absolutely i having to deal with all of these well and i can't imagine like having to go over the details of of some of these like really gruesome cases over and over and over again trying to figure out if you miss something Mm -hmm. or if somebody dropped the ball somewhere or trying to look at it from a new pair of eyes right. or, I mean, that's gotta be terrible. And, and a lot of those people, like that's their case, right? Mm-hmm. Like they get assigned to that case. And so they work on it for decades. Right. So repetitive and it's crazy. And yeah, they, they deserve mad respect. Yeah. Um, we do have a little bit of time, so I will, I can dabble a little bit into some paranormal phenomenon. 
Okay. That happened in North Carolina that I read about. All right. Let's go into it. All right. Third story. Third story. Ooh. So, I don't remember the name of it. (laughs) (laughs) It was a road. Cool story, bro. Cool story, bro. So, I do know that it was original. So, all of this stuff actually happened on a road called Edwards Road. But... It's not called that. It's called the road that connects to Edwards Road. And nobody actually knows why, because all this stuff happens on Edwards Road. That's weird. Um, Payne Road. It's called Payne Road. It's funny. And it's called Payne Road, parentheses, Edwards Road. And it's just north of uh, Rural Hall. Okay. So this stuff is crazy. So there's all of this stuff linked to this area. Like there was a plantation owner Mm -hmm. who had a bunch of slaves and he would like sacrifice his slaves in satanic rituals. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And then he found out that his daughter got pregnant by one of the slaves. And so then he, he killed the slave and then he killed his daughter. Oh, okay. And then he found out his other daughter did the same thing. So then he did the same thing there. And then the wife had a baby and she like ran out of the house. And he caught up to her on a bridge and he threw the baby in a nearby well. And he like he he killed the wife on the bridge. Did the wife have the baby with a slave or with him? With him. Oh, so that was was his baby. He was just killing all the babies. Yeah. Yeah. No, he like snapped. Mm. And, like, went crazy. And then after he, like, snapped out of his rage, he realized what he did, and he killed his entire family. So he hung himself on uh, at the tree right by the bridge. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that bridge is supposed to be haunted as fuck. So you're supposedly, if you go late at night and you park your car on the bridge, your car won't start again. Um. And the only way to get your car to start is you have to get out and push it off the bridge. And then once you're off the bridge, your car will start. That's crazy. And then there's another bridge down there that as you're driving over it, it's said that all these ghost children leave handprints all over your car. Uh-huh. This, that's a pretty common one. I've heard that before, and that's why I wanted to do this. But... It was a lot more in-depth on, like, the folklore behind the story Mm -hmm. and not necessarily the parent, like, reports of the, like, phenomena. (laughs) So I I didn't feel like it was a great full episode. Yeah. But it's really, it's wild. Look up Payne's Road. Parentheses, Edwards Road. (laughs) In uh, rural, Rural Hall, North Carolina. Some of the stories are crazy. Yeah. The the kids' hands one was actually on Ghost Adventures. Oh, was it? Yeah. Did it happen? So they thought it happened, but then they reviewed their footage and they saw that one of the other people closed the door. And that's why they saw the fingers because it was only like a little area. Yeah. So they didn't have it happen, but it was definitely like crazy to Interesting. see. And that road is like so secluded and so like Yeah. Well, it's a dirt road. Yeah. Um it's very popular amongst they said like teenagers and like just thrill seekers of any age, really. 
Um, people want to want to go out there to investigate it, especially around obviously spooky season oh, in October around Halloween. They get a lot of activity out there. Um, a lot of it is debunked. Um, some of the stories like like the one that I had mentioned about the slave owner, um, they hadn't even there was nobody registered. Mm-hmm. To have like owned that property by that name in sure. the past. And they think that there was a similar murder that happened maybe like 40, 50 miles away mm-hmm. that they think people kind of like jumbled up the details. And, and it's like, like a game of telephone from the past to here, you know? Definitely. And then in documentaries and stuff, they they do say that road is still haunted. And they said the reason being is because the the creek that you drive over at that bridge. And the reason why that bridge is haunted is because after the guy who actually did murder his entire family Mm -hmm. in like a psychotic break, um, when he was done, he washed his, he washed himself in the river and the river flowed down to where that bridge is. I mean, that's feasible. Yeah. So, I mean, he was washing off the blood of his victims essentially. And it kind of got, trapped there at that bridge i guess that mm-hmm. the essence or whatever whatever you want to say That's when so you talk crazy. about paranormal stuff but yeah so much fun i thought i would end on like a more of a fun note than murder i mean i guess i still talked about murder <laughs> so <laughs> i guess <laughs> do with that what you will <laughs> But it's like a fun murder. <laughs> it's like a spooky murder. <laughs> like there's any other kind. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Unsolved America. Head on over to Facebook and Instagram and follow us at Unsolved America MVP. And be sure to subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast platform. If you need to contact us, please email unsolvedamericamvp at gmail.com and we'll talk to you next week. This has been an MVP podcast, My Village Productions.